Big Rab Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out g1reads.com as they keep the lights on here on the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> How are you, folks? Did you enjoy the Euros? Oh, what a weekend, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, this week on the podcast, we're not going to be getting into all of the results and all of that kind of stuff from the Euros. Uh, although we are going to talk a wee bit about it, but yes, this week we have another specialist episode for you. Now, yeah, we'll get into all of that. But first of all, by way of introduction, if this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, then you are welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, just competitive piping and drumming. And we're in the thick of it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, each and every week we talk about what we know and love to be the music of the great Highland bagpipe and its people. And like every other podcast out there, yes, we have a Patreon. So if you would like to, you can, but it's not compulsory. You can go over there and click on support, get your hands on loads of extra stuff. And yeah, you'll be safe in the knowledge that you're supporting your favourite wee podcast and helping keep the wheels turning. Yeah. Now... Yeah, by way of an introduction and all of that kind of stuff, like I said, this week we are doing another specialist episode. Now, this is off the back of last week's specialist episode, which was deliberately timed, let's just say. Yeah, smack bang, in the middle of the season, we have two quite special episodes planned for you. Last week we were talking all about the mental game. Yeah, the mental side of competitive piping and drumming. Believe it or not, it's a... It's an area where I believe is really underrepresented whenever we're preparing for competition and all of that. And uh, yeah, last week's episode was really quite a pleasure to put together and took a lot of research, but was such a valuable conversation. Uh, So if you haven't listened to last week's pod yet, then please do go back. Episode 284, it's quite a good one. Uh, Having a great conversation there with Dr. Fiona McConaughey. And people have been asking then, as well, following this about our website and all the rest, I'll just give you the website again. It's performpsych.co.uk, uh, where Fiona does a lot of work with both soloists and bands, uh, collectively helping them uh, with all of their psychologist needs, I suppose, whenever it comes to high performance. Uh, very, very interesting interview uh, last week on the pod, and I hope you guys managed to enjoy it. So, This week, we're not talking about the mental side, we're talking all about the physical side. Yeah, believe it or not, piping and drumming does take some physical effort. And uh, yeah, there is such a thing as being match fit, I suppose. And uh, let's say some of us could possibly be better match fit than others, I suppose. Um, Yeah, we'll get into all of that and we'll... (laughs) We'll talk more about the physical side of piping and drumming on the rest of this week's pod. Uh, But yes, by way of full disclosure, there will not be any listener mail this week, unfortunately. But you can always send us in your emails. BigRabShow at gmail.com. They all do land into us here in the Rab Show team. And uh, yeah, we will definitely value all of your viewpoints that you have over the past couple of uh, 
Yeah, over the past few weeks of competition and, of course, over the last week's specialist episode and this one to come. So get your emails into us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And, of, uh, yeah, of course, we do not have Word of the Week this week, unfortunately. And, as well, we don't have Weekly Drone. Uh, yeah, sometimes these specialist episodes are really worth doing, so we do drop all of our usual features. Uh, but they will make a triumphant return next week. Don't worry. Now... Yes, before we get into everything, wrapping up the Euros and all of that kind of stuff, we'll take a little break at this point. Uh, So, yeah, I'll go and grab myself a little bit of a cup of tea here, even ahead of this week's topic of the week, before we get into everything that happened at the Euros, eh? Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off. Showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration, proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection. The Dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the Dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab for a 30-day free trial. Ah, yes. Welcome back. Do you know, that promotion that we have there uh, with the dojo is honestly extremely popular. And I have to say thank you to everyone who's taken advantage of that. It just shows that a lot of people are, you know, really taking advantage of it right now. And it's just fantastic. So, yeah, what's not to love? 30 days of premium membership where, you you know, you get access to everything. All your live lessons, all your community stuff and all of that. It's definitely worth unfolding. And uh, sure, it doesn't cost you anything. You know what I mean? It's brilliant. So, yeah, and then after after the 30-day, you know, test and stuff, you don't like it, then you can cancel. Uh, but honestly, it's a cracking promotion, and a good lot of you are taking advantage of it. So, yeah, thank you, everyone. Alrighty. Okay, let's talk about the Euros. The European Championships were this past weekend in sunny Inverness. <laughs> and I have to say, yeah, if you do want to get all of your news and results and all of your updates from the European Championships, then you can go and check the website for your full listings of results. Because full disclosure, Big Rab's still on his family vacation right now at the moment, so we're sneakily recording this episode ahead of time. But there's a good reason for that. This is an episode of the pod that we've been working on now for quite a while, similar to the one talking about the mental aspect of piping and drumming, we're talking about the physical, and uh, yeah, we've got quite a cool interview to bring you this week. So yes, we understand, we're not bringing you all of the results and updates from the Euros, but that'll all come on next week's episode. You can be rest assured we'll be wrapping everything up from the past couple of weeks' competition when we've had these two specialist episodes. Uh, yeah, And of course, we're looking forward to the All-Ireland Championships now. Yeah. So not only are we wrapping everything up from the Euros, which I have to say, 
looking at the entries and everything for the Euros, it's shaping up to be quite an awesome competition, and I have no doubt that it was, for sure. So um, it's kind of weird. I'm in a little bit of a time warp here at the moment, so forgive me if I get my tenses wrong. Uh, but yes, to all bands, drum majors, and everyone competing there in Inverness, we hope you've all had the best possible time. And uh, yeah, for full information on the results, the breakdown, who won what and when, you can go and check it out on the RSPBI website for full details. Now, of course, you can check us out on the Rab Show social media, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, and all that stuff for YouTube and that, where we're bound to have all sorts of performances uh, from the past weekend all up there now, so you can go and have a watch at that. Plus, you guys know that I'm a huge Drone Chorus fan, so you can go and check that out in Drone Chorus then, can't you? Yeah, all the Drone Chorus videos are going to be up there from Inverness, I'm sure, over the next week or two. Uh, Definitely going to be worth catching now. Alright, so now the Euros are behind us, what's in front of us? Well, yeah, you guessed, I've just mentioned it. The All-Ireland Championships are returning to the Republic of Ireland as we head to New Ross. Now, New Ross, for us folks here in Northern Ireland, is quite a distance away, but it's definitely going to be worth the trip because I've been told that the New Ross venue is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great reports about this venue uh, for the All-Ireland, so yeah, Dead excited for the All-Ireland Championships. And again, looking at the draw for this competition, again, we're starting to see numbers increasing as the season unfolds. And not before time, I suppose. Because this weekend, of course, the All-Ireland Championships are in New Ross. And then we're in that little bit of a weird break that we normally get in the middle of the season. And then, whammo, we're straight into the Ulsters then in Balamina on the 23rd of July. So... Yeah, the All-Ireland Championships is one of the biggest competitions on this island here, I suppose. And it's definitely going to be hard fought. So to all bands heading down to New Ross this weekend, yeah, have a good tune, folks. It's going to be a pretty decent competition by all accounts. Great venue, an absolute ton of bands going to it. So dead excited for the All-Irelands this weekend, for sure. Now, of course, you can always follow us on our social media for all your updates from the weekend. We've been asked various questions and stuff over this last while about live streaming and all of that from the All-Irelands. To date, we don't know if we are going to be able to provide any of that from New Ross. So that's just by way of full disclosure. But if you do want to be kept up to date on the latest news about live streaming from the All-Irelands and stuff, then definitely follow us on our social media where we'll be letting you guys know all the latest details about our streaming antics over there. Indeed. There you are. So, competitions behind us being the Euros, it's kind of hard to believe that we've already crowned British champions, UK champions and European champions already at this point. Where is this season going? It's just went past in an absolute blink. I don't know about you folks, but that's just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, we have two more major championships in the calendar yet to look forward to. We have, of course, the Scottish and then the big in the Worlds. Now, whenever people keep asking me, oh, when are we doing our Worlds prediction show? Well, don't worry, that's to come. Uh, But we will not be doing our Worlds prediction show until the Scottish Championships have taken place. So that kind of lets you know when our Worlds prediction show will be. Yeah, first week in August. So, yeah, we'll be getting our thinking caps on for our Worlds predictions, and we hope you guys can join in the crack as well. And uh, at this point in the season, with three majors behind us, we are starting to see some certain patterns, you know, bands that are being uh, finding form at this point and have momentum, I suppose. And uh, we'll make for an interesting conversation when it comes to predictions for our World Championships. It'll be... 
A very, very interesting show. <laughs> well, that all being said, looking away from the competition side of things, let's get into this week's topic, shall we? Well, this week we have quite an interesting interview with physiotherapist James Thompson and Dr. Peter McAllister. Now, both James and Peter are both pipers in their own right and have got quite an experience in the piping scene. So whenever I was able to quiz them on various different physical attributes of bagpiping, these guys know what they're talking about and uh, yeah, are quite familiar with treating various different injuries and illnesses and all of that kind of associated with performing, either at a solo level or with a pipe band. And uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, being a piper or a drummer just... Uh, yeah, as much as it ticks the mental side of it, it also ticks the physical. You do need to be somewhat physically fit in order not to injure yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think it's that point in the show where I should go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. The British Drum Company is driven by their passion to create the finest marching drums for those who recognise and value the highest of standards. The Axial Series is the British Drum Company's flagship pipe band range. Axial's distinctive aesthetic owes much to its X-frame cage system. This futuristic hardware is designed to complement all of the amazing shell finishes on offer, such as the Phantom, Smoked Walnuts, and the very popular Merlin finishes, of which there are three new additions for 2022, Platinum, Violet, and Emerald. The Basin Tenors now come with Georgian Oak Hoops, which feature their head stress management system, and wide mass claws for all-round better tension across the heads. The British Drum Company's Axial Series is innovation defined, designed and engineered for you to look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan bagpipe maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. They don't strive to be the biggest, fastest or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of warm and stable sounding instruments of heirloom quality. Roddy has followed this philosophy for over 30 years and continues to evolve with innovations like the Elevation Chanter. Designed with North American bands in mind, providing a lower pitch, rich harmonics and strong, clear projection, Elevation Chanters provide a stable platform for a thick band sound. Check out BespokeBagpipes.com for more information. McLaren Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. Ah yes, topic of the week time, and like I've just said, we're talking all about the physical side of piping. Now, like I said, we're talking to physiotherapist James Thompson and with Dr. Peter McAllister, who are both bagpipers in their own right. They are very well experienced in the piping scene and have quite a lot of great words of wisdom here. When it comes to the physical side of piping and drumming, there are certain things that we can do 
to possibly stop ourselves from injuring ourselves, you know, or doing some long-term damage that we could really regret in later years. Yeah, people don't believe me, but this piping and drum and carry on is a physical game. You do need to have some level of physical fitness in order to be able to do it. Now, people think bagpiping, oh, you have to have massive lungs to be able to blow pipes. That's not the case, but you do need to have a strong physical core in order to, you know, maintain and be able to, yeah, physically play this instrument. And as well, don't even get me started on drummers. The amount of drummers I know out there with back issues, knee problems, all from carrying drums about, I suppose. Um, Yeah, we're about to get into it. So... Yeah, let's welcome Mr. James Thompson and Dr. Peter McAllister to the podcast. So, yes, on this week's specialist episode, we have two quite notable figures joining us. If you don't mind me saying, and they're all cringing now if you're watching the video, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, fellas, uh, starting with James. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's great to meet you, meet you both. Um, my own background is uh, as a piper. Uh, I used to do some, some work in the solo scene and, and playing pipe bands and things like that. Um, but by day I'm a physiotherapist um, and I've been doing that for about 15 years and it brings me, I wouldn't say it's brought me into contact with, with loads of piping patients, but a fair few. Um, I see. My experience is possi- possibly from my point of view that I sometimes feel I've seen them too late, that there's maybe been problems with their physical preparation or yes. you know, lots, lots of different factors I'm sure we'll get into um, and really you know, thinking about population factors and, and prevention is, is really probably the main thing I'd like to, to get home tonight. Oh, perfect. Yes. And Peter, would you like to adjust yourself as well? Hi there. I'm Peter Pastor and I'm a bagpiper. And I have played in solos for quite a bit of time and I was in the bands before that. And I'm a GP in a town called Bonnybridge, which isn't very famous, but it's in the centre of Scotland. And we have a, we have a, we have a few pipers on my list, actually, whom I've met, and uh, I can talk about them a wee bit. Uh, as time goes by, because you'll never know who they are. In fact, I'll not say any more about that, because I was about to tell you who one of them was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, and, no. I'm no. <laughs> not allowed to do that. And um, I would totally agree with James on the outset there that um, I see people at the end of their injury journey. You know, mm. they've done things, they've tried this, they've tried to get better themselves. And if they end up in anybody with any physical ailment, if they end up with me, then they're really in trouble. And I would have said the focus of my input tonight would be to try and prevent what's what's inevitable if you take up a big instrument, whether it be a pipe or a drum. Absolutely. And that's the focus of this week's show, for sure. Uh, talking about what possible physical injuries could be down the road for you and then what could be done to avoid them. Now, whenever ourselves and the Rapture team were talking about the injuries, uh, some of us have came across them, some we haven't. Uh, for myself, uh, the likes of back injuries for drummers seems to be a huge deal. The amount of drummers I know with back problems, especially bass drummers, seems to be incredibly common. Uh, is that something that you guys have found uh, with drummers and back issues? Well, I think if you think about the task, of, especially with a, a bass drum, you've got heavy weight um, suspended, you know, really through your shoulders, which... Um, mechanically means it's suspended through your thoracic spine. Um, so, you know, in terms of a, a physical driver for a pain condition, that's probably where you would start. Then you've got a scenario where you're you're standing relatively still for long periods of time. There's not a lot of movement. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably 
you know, people want a quick fix, don't they? And, and you know, people maybe want to hear about stretches and, and things like that they can do to help. And that, those things can help. And I'm sure if your listeners are interested in that, we can provide some links to exercises and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but where do we start with this physical condition? Um, actually, you know, you, you strengthen the, the thoracic spine. That, and by that, I mean the mid-back, like the area of your back that's, that relates mm-hmm. to your ribs. Um, yeah. you, you strengthen that really through lifting weights in a gym. It doesn't, not really heavy weights or anything like that, but starting to raise weights in front of your body and to the side um, and gradually building those things. Um, you think about the instrument itself, you know, can, can changes be made to the drum, to the way it's suspended? Obviously, you do quite often see bass drummers in practices putting the drum on, on something to, to hold it or, you know, yeah. percussionists and orchestras are very used to using music stands um, mm-hmm. and things like that and, 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 and you know, ways like that can, can take the pressure off. Um, Absolutely. Sure. And we've seen any amount of different kind of uh, bass drum slings and harnesses and contraptions to be able to hold this thing stationary for a period of time. Um, is there any particular preference, do you think, one that works better than another or are they all just the same kind of way of distributing weights, I suppose? I think I think I would, I would think of it as trial and error, in essence. And, it, and it's you know the I suppose you're you're talking about some ergonomics there, and it's, I will convince that it's not something I've got a lot of experience in specific to bass drums. Um, but but I think trial and error with, with anything that offloads a bit of that weight or or allows you to to take the weight a different way. I think the I think the technology has moved on greatly for drummers. So if you think back not that very long ago, when drummers the side drummers particularly wore a sling across one shoulder. I mean, that, yeah. the development of the thing across both shoulders was an enormous advantage to these fellas. And the same with the bass drum. There must be still developments happening. I was speaking to a bass drummer actually on Sunday and, a, and another drummer just a, I happened to be doing a wee jamming session in Orkney of all places. But anyway, um, so they were, they, they were a bit surprised when I said, is, is there many back problems available, you know, happening in your sort of teens? Well, no, not really. We've got this nice bit of kit now, so it's all kind of good. The bass drummer was, you're going to get some sort of belt. Maybe you'll know about these things, James. You can get a sort of additional bit of kit. So not as only does it go around the waist, but it comes down and then it comes around like a rucksack belt. Yes, I've seen those. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, James, because uh, in that, again, give you a, carrying a rucksack all day isn't great for you either, frankly. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm not going to talk too much about the technology of the kit because I don't know a lot about it. I was going to say something entirely different, which was most bass drummers don't, exercise or, or work up to their session they just pick the drum out of the car yes. and put it on their body 100 percent. if we can do one thing that's useful tonight especially to the drummers pipers is a slightly different matter uh, it would be to say at least do some core strength stretches or you know a couple of i'm not even going to demonstrate them a, a couple of things that will get your body ready for this if you see an athlete who's going to do something major in a, in a tournament he doesn't walk out of the car and then jump on the track or whatever, you know. He spent about <laughs> half an hour. I mean, we're not, not athletes, but we're doing a very strenuous activity. So I would just propose putting it out there, five minutes, stretches, and James can provide them on the links, uh, you know, which might be useful for starting with the drummers. There you go. Yeah, sound advice, definitely. The amount of drummers I've seen who the first time they, they would lift the weight is whenever they're getting out of the back of the car. 
and it's a series of jerking and twisting motions and you're like no don't do that because you can just hear the cracking and the uh, the screaming horrible so yeah that would be completely my advice is to do some form of stretching and that so uh james as you've uh, suggested then we could possibly put those uh you know warm-up exercises for drummers around manual handling on how to lift these things uh they'll be in the show notes then for this week's show so you can go and check that out sure and you, and you, you can do it with with relatively minimal equipment yeah. you know you can get a foam foam roller for next to nothing you can get an exercise band and or you can even just do some wall stretches and things like that yeah. for relatively cheaply. And the other thing, which I was going to bring up, and James will back me up, I hope, is that I had various injuries myself to my back and my shoulders and all problems in tennis elbow piping. And mm. my physiotherapist, which I visited, was very keen on a sort of, they call it cross-training. I'm not sure if that's the right word. You're doing another form of exercise, which is totally different from your, your major exercise, which was piping for me. So, for example... Um, you know, I said, they said, you, you should really take up yoga. You know, and, oh, you know that, see, yeah. you, you said, if you went into most pipe bands and said, I think you guys should take up yoga, you mean, you'd get a lot of raised eyebrows. But I feel so much better since I've done that simple thing, just going to do a yoga class, learning how to, you know, put your body into position you weren't really expecting, and then hold it for a few minutes. And you, you build up what's called core strength. And this is kind of a trendy thing to say nowadays, but mm. core strength is the bit that James was alluding to, you know, your, your core, your your, your hips and your, your abdo- abdominal muscles, your spinal muscles, you know, the bit that's in the middle of your body. Yes. If that bit's working okay, you're in a lot better shape to use your limbs, which is the bit that we use for music. If your core strength is poor, you tend to rely on your limbs to hold you up and to do things for you. And that's when you get overuse of, the, of these other muscles, and that's when the problems start. So you kind of need to take it back a couple of steps. So I've said yoga, but I don't know if James would have any other um, useful cross-training exercises that people might want to do that they just take some away from the instrument but still build up some resilience yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and i think it's um i think it's not a one-size-fits-all thing you know as you say you know using joints and muscles through a good full range of motion and you know as much as in choosing something that people enjoy whether it is yes. yoga or you know a lot of people use pilates or yep. you know get, getting into getting into a gym and getting a basic program um yep. I, th- I think I always worry when it's if it, you know it gets maybe too complicated. You get people coming in that are lifting heavy weights above their head or trying to do things that are that you think yeah. that, that's probably not associated with, with health. But you said something that made me think there, Peter, as well. When you, you think about how bass drummers always tend to stand, when you said about core stability, they tend to stand all extended. Yeah, so they've got the, the that's it. Them. <laughs> with the belly towards the air kind of thing yeah they're balancing the weight of the drum back through their their lower back instead yeah. of being able to hold it in an open forward spine position and that and that mm-hmm. really is the, the strength of the muscles around your hips and your, your back that you need to develop that's it i suppose it brings us on to the conversation around posture now i know we've been talking about drummers so far and drummers are famous for having terrible posture they're always kind of hunched over their drum looking down playing and same with bass drummers you know they're twisting themselves every way but pipers as well can have quite bad posture as well you know heaving into the bag and like crunching over on their left hand side or whatever side their bags under is there any kind of pointers i suppose for pipers who might be suffering from bad posture um lots of pointers but it's an individual problem for each person the commonest Mm. error that i see when i'm watching players especially young players play is that they're in this, in the bass drum 
sort of leaning backwards with a very, oh, yeah. very uh, marked, uh, I've got the right word, lordosis of the spine. Yeah. And mm. that, I think, is a, a major problem. So what tends to happen then is um, the bagpipe and the drums as well is a very much a forward movement, a lot of use of the pectorals and the, the everything's in the front. You know, your, yeah. your bag's in the front and your chanter's in the front, and your drums are in the front. But, but particularly... You're, you're, you're stretching your muscles at the back, but you're not really doing anything with those muscles at the back. So I think what tends to happen over many years is that pipers develop shoulder problems, which tend to be again at the front, probably spent, supraspinatus tendonitis would be the, would be the classical term for mm. something that just really, really hurts. And you don't need to do anything to develop that. It just sort of happens one day, you wake up and you've got it. And I had a bit of that whenever I was piping a lot a number of years ago. Physio said, first of all, this is the bit that the, that the listeners won't like. So they said, stop piping. Stop piping completely. Wow. For about four to six months. Really? Luckily, it yeah. was about November, so it wasn't the end of the world. If she said that in, in May, I think I might have not managed it, but I did stop, mm. took up swimming. She was trying to get me to develop things at the back of my, sorry to make this personal, but she was trying to make things develop at the back of my shoulders, and she told yes. me to go, do, go and do backstroke in the, in the pool, that sort of stuff. Mm. And she had very specific exercises. So leaving away from myself, what I'm saying there is that is that I think, um, you know, we've, we've got to develop bits of the body that we weren't really expecting to develop with the instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not really working on the on the on the front of your body. You're working on the bits that you, you don't use. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, James, have you any thoughts yeah. around posture for pipers? <clears throat> I think, I think that yeah. If, if you think about as Peter's covered already, the, the the lower back tends to be quite extended, and and you know people may, maybe do that for for various reasons, even to do with wearing a kilt. I don't know if you've ever found at the end of a, a full day in a kilt, your low back's quite been pressed into an extended position yeah. for a long time. <laughs> I, I had a good look a, a couple of years ago before COVID. I, I had a look at some of the pipers at the, the Conservatoire of Scotland, and we looked at posture and things. And, and as, as Peter said, in pipers, you, you often see this position where the shoulders come forward and it in. Roll, yeah, it rolls and, forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the issue is you know, because you're squeezing a bag so hard that, in effect, that's what we call that adduction. You're pulling the arm into the body quite hard. And you've got, you've got two muscles, really, you can do that with. There's the, the pectorals in the front. Mm-hmm. And then there's one called your lats in the back. And I think, I think in my experience, people tend to work here a lot and, and not tend, they don't tend to be as strong in the lats and the muscles that are probably more efficient at squeezing a bag in a, in a neutral position. You so see. that's one thing I'm a fan of is, is getting them strong in, in, in the muscles in the back of the, the lower shoulder. Um, as you say, this, Peter, working both the front and the back, really, in areas that you might not well, expect to develop, yeah. Shoulders yeah. are a difficult joint because it's often been described as, as, a, as a golf tee with a great big ball on top. And there's it's all there's nothing holding it together except the muscles. So you've got to work all those muscles equally around, otherwise you get problems with the, the rotation. And I'll, I'll leave James to, to to see if he can get any links for shoulder exercises. But that is such an important thing, you know. Mm. Again, we're working our way down here around the body. You started in the core, and now you're in the shoulders. But you know, all the problems happen down in the fingers and the forearms. But that's almost secondary to what's happening further back. You know, yeah. we could talk about fingers and forearms and stone until you're blue yeah. in the face. But actually, that's not, I think, the focus of today's chat is 
try and persuade people maybe to take up some form of, I'm going to go back to my, some form of exercise that is going to develop them in a different way. That's it. That's definitely a useful conversation to have. So as much as we were telling drummers to get some exercise, we'd have to point the finger at pipers too. You guys aren't getting away with it either. The pipers are terrible. I, pipers are terrible <laughs> exercises, really. Apart from the famous, <laughs> famous runners and cyclists and people that I could name, most of the go. guys just take the pipes out of the box and start playing and then they put them back in the box again. And, you know, I think, I think we're, we're still several years away from, from the, everybody doing an exercise that's better for them. It's probably a, it's probably a, cultural thing yeah that's it too and i suppose there is that bit of machismo around the piping scene as well you know that oh i don't need to go to the gym i can just you know lift this drum up and play for four hours and set it back down and i'm fine and then you find a couple of years down the line (laughs) terrible back issues you know shoulder pain all of that so yeah i think i'm definitely a proponent for getting some exercise for sure now, there's been one sort of issue that we've been asked here on the show, and we've already dealt with the mental side of piping and drumming. And that can also have its physical kind of, you know, implications for your playing as well. As people get nervous, people start to shake, and it's kind of like a, a reaction. And I've seen it happen at the World Championships, especially. People are standing on the line, ready to go, and you've worked all year. And they get so nervous and you see people shaking. Is yeah. there any way to stop that physical reaction or counteract it in any yeah. way? I mean, it depends how, how, how much you want to get into drug therapy or whether you want to just use your relaxation techniques. I mean, um, Mary Henderson gave a, gave a very good talk a few years ago to the CPA, where he basically said, you know, if you, if you prepare hard enough, you're not going to get nervous. So that's, that was great, you know, if you're Mary Henderson, yes. you, you never get nervous, and that's the end of that. And, uh, but uh, for the rest of the population, which includes myself, you do get much more nervous on the boards, and you just have to find a way through that um, by, by practicing very hard and realizing, you know, realizing it in your mind when you're practicing. During that Murray Henderson talk, actually, he said the most useful thing that anybody's ever said to me, because he said, uh, uh, you know, I, was, I said, I'm fine on Friday night, you know, Play great in the kitchen. And then on Saturday, it's, ah. I said, you're not putting yourself under enough pressure in the kitchen. Oh, There's right. You've got, to be, you've got to put your recorder on in the kitchen. You've got to look at yourself in the mirror or some or a window or something. You've got to imagine you're on the boards and you're there. You've got to make a really good performance in the kitchen. Oh, wow. Yeah. For that recorder. And, and then when you get to the Saturday, you've actually, you're, you're always under pressure every time you practice. So I'm, I'm making that sound easy. It's, it's still impossible to do that. Should we talk a bit about beta blockers? Is that what you're wanting me to talk about? Uh, no, what I was, I was going to go about talking about something completely different. And you're, you're, this is a bit okay, out of left I'm field here. Beta blockers, a lot of, a lot of musicians play beta, uh, uh, play in orchestras. Yes. Beta and yeah. beta blockers are uh, uh, an antagonist of the, of the hormone called adrenaline. So adrenaline is a normal hormone. Whenever you're standing on the, on the line there at the World Championships, your adrenaline is up and you're going to, sh- you're going to shake a bit. So mm. nothing you can do to stop that. If you had no adrenaline, you wouldn't be able to play. So there is always going to be a need for some adrenaline. Those who are not allowed to take beta blockers, I should point out, or anybody with asthma. So you don't go and buy them on the net or something stupid. Go and see your GP and say, listen, I'm getting some shakes. So the, pac- the patients that I know who are my patients who are pipers, they've got terrible shakes, which is why they can't see me. And they're all yeah. cured by beta blockers quite safely because they're not dangerous drugs if you've got asthma or other heart conditions. You need to go through a mm. medical check there. Um, they do make your fingers cold, so that's a wee problem. You've got to wear gloves as much as possible until you're I actually going to play because yeah. it will shut down the adrenaline. And there are alternatives. 
which are available, which are not so good. So I'm just going to put it out there that beta blockers are not a bad thing. And I would recommend if you really want to go and, you know, compete uh, and, and you're getting nervous, go and chat to your doctor about beta blockers. They'll have no difficulty giving them to you if you've got no contraindication. There you are. Some sound advice. We have talked about beta blockers on the mental side of piping. Mm-hmm. and uh, But yes, again, the advice is go and speak with your healthcare professional. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so what I was going to get on to actually is bananas. Believe it or not, there is a very well-known story about pipe major Richard Parks, pipe major of the field marshal, of course, who discovered the mysteries of bananas. And now, religiously, every competition would have a banana before he starts playing. Is there any, you know, credence to this story? That eating bananas, does it help? I don't know, James, have you any well, <laughs> bananas? You don't know that one. <laughs> no, I'm on my own with this one. The one I know is Andy Murray. He used to eat bananas all the time. And, and there must be something in it. It's probably replacing some potassium or something like that there and giving him some... You're not likely yeah. to get low in potassium while you're, while you're tuning up. You know, it's, uh, it takes a long time to absorb a banana. Um, I see. So I, I don't know. If there's a, I'm not going to say yeah. to Richard Parks that it's a psychological thing or a superstitious thing, but if it does it for him... Uh, the banana, the banana it's, sales at. Uh, <laughs> it seems to work, you know, because <laughs> not, not only disappear That's yeah. it, yeah. It's, it's not only Richard, and we've now heard that Scottish Power Pipe Band, the entire band, have been encouraged to take bananas before they play. So, um, I, I don't know if that's advice or not. You can take it for what it is. Just <laughs> look out of the science there. There you go. <laughs> but uh, that, that does bring me on. We have spoke about the machismo kind of thing around bagpiping. And obviously, piping gigs and competitions are all synonymous with alcohol. Everyone has always said, oh, have a wee nip out of a hip flask and that'll cure you. Um, but uh, I have to say, in my own experience, the effects of alcohol have always had a negative effect. Uh, yeah. Peter, what, what's your opinion on the use of alcohol? I'll start and then let James get in. But I think, you know, hmm. For me, it's a complete no-no. I do know pipers, who are very well-known pipers, who have wee top and then they can play really, really well. I have one half pint of beer and I can't play a grace note. So I yeah. think basically <laughs> it, takes, it takes all types. I guess that would be removing some of the anxiety around um, the... It's been recorded three times. Just in case my wife's going to do something embarrassing there. I was going to say <laughs> alcohol and unhealthy eating. Yes, she's that's a, it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a GP. <laughs> so, yeah, you're quite right. The the average visit to the to the World Championships, and you go to your burgers, and then you go to the beer shop, the beer, the beer, uh, the beer tent. It's uh, not great. It's not great. And in the old days, it was smoking. That was even more prevalent than it is now. So, when I joined piping, everybody in the band smoked. Everybody. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, personally, I wouldn't recommend it as a way of relaxing. I'm just going to put it that way. James, any thoughts there? Have you any? No, I can completely agree. It doesn't seem like a, a healthy way to prepare. And, and if you're taking alcohol because you're feeling nervous, there's probably better ways to deal with the, the nerves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you just heard, then try a banana instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I have to ask then, uh, obviously, the biggest word of advice I suppose we can give on the pod this week is to do something different in your you know, your everyday life, like exercise-wise. Yeah. Do a little yeah. bit of training mm-hmm. on something that you wouldn't ordinarily do to build up an area of your body that you wouldn't work on normally. Um, so yeah. go for a walk. Don't, go for, don't, yeah. 
Yeah. Don't feel don't feel daunted. You know, don't do something that you're not going to enjoy. But but doing doing something that you can gradually build up that has those type of health benefits of of strengthening through range of of movement through range of you know of getting a little bit breathless and, and sustain it long term. Yeah, yeah that's quite absolutely. a simple message. And, and regarding muscle strength, you know, recently I had a look at calisthenics, um, which mm. you know sounds dead trendy, but it, it is actually really really good. And calisthenics for beginners is there's no equipment required at all you know maybe just a you might need to get a bar i haven't got a bar yet so i'm gonna buy one maybe i will buy one the calisthenics is when you have no weights you just use things like your body for just putting yourself in just different positions and you know that sort of thing as long as you enjoy it you don't need to you don't need to join the gym yeah i say hey we'll join the gym but you don't need to spend a lot of money on this we're not expecting people to certainly think they need to join a club or something like that there i think you can do most of it in your own house yeah yeah that's it. So what, we, what I would kind of recommend people to do is actually to work it into your practice time. You know, before you lift that drum or you take those pipes out of the box, do a little bit of stretching. I'm not talking about the next half hour you're doing, like doing, you know, <laughs> press ups or something, but just do something to move your body around before you take up that instrument, I suppose. And that would be the same for a competition day, James, as well. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about tackling the conditions as well like we play in all weathers is there anything physical that we could do to help us play in the freezing cold driving rain <laughs> um i suppose practice in the freezing cold and driving rain is a good way to start. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that i remember playing in pipe bands when they specifically would, would talk to you about changing your technique in, in weather like that and maybe being less fussy about whacking a great big burrow out which will just cause you to lose yeah. the bee the, the bee finger in, in the middle of the burrow and, mm-hmm. and 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 so simple techniques to quieten the hands down um things, things like that i see all sound advice uh so well i have to say for anyone who is interested in learning any particular stretches or physical exercises uh james uh, has kindly provided those and we're going to be including those in the show notes so, uh, Peter and James, have you any final advice then for anyone who will be heading out to competition at this time of year and uh, may be suffering with some sort of physical difficulty in their plan? Any words of advice? I'll uh, start with Peter. Uh, just have a, <clears throat> have a good look at your instrument. Um, so, for example, about two years ago, I developed a toothache and I couldn't work out what was wrong. Went to the dentist and all sorts of stuff. And she said, do you do anything funny with your teeth? And I said, uh, do you want me to tell you about piping? So she suggested I get a kind of short little, um, if you follow me, bent mouthpiece with an oh, yes. angle on it. It comes yeah. into your direction. Completely cured my toothache and I'm much more comfortable in my posture. So just have a good look at the instrument. You know, maybe the instrument's not quite, the bag's not the right size. You just have a good look to make sure you're, you're okay there. I can't mm. add otherwise anything to, to what I've said already, I don't think. There you are. Perfect. Uh, James, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I was going to say the same actually about instrument bag size, reed strength, all these sort of things. Make sure you feel you feel comfortable and you feel the instruments fitted around you rather than pulling yourself into funny positions to play. Um, think about practice schedule. You know, it's probably not brilliant to be doing four hours a night when you've only done fifteen minutes a night over winter. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, Always, always find myself talking to people about tension, um, and I think a lot about forearm tension. And one, one thing you, you sort of went towards with forward, the, you know, the, the sort of 
disorders that are resulting from too much tension and, and practicing with as little tension as, as possible. Um, yeah. I think these are the, the main trying, things. To trying to keep things relaxed sometimes could be really difficult, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. especially for drummers, it's, it's when a, you're really trying to put as much effort in, you know, uh, but keeping the hands relaxed and let the music out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're, they're unique, unique instruments for that, actually, because if you think about the pipes, you're, you're generating a surprising amount of force yeah. to make, make a sound from the instrument. But if that tension is in the wrong place, if the posture's poor, if it's with your fingers sharing too much, it, yeah, yeah your, exactly. your body just switches on other muscles to try and find stability. I remember, yeah. me, I remember meeting just to finish up. I remember meeting a very good piper called Andrew Patrick, whom you may have met, and uh, Andrew said that he was uh, he was told I think by pipe major Angus McDonald, he was playing a pipe major Angus pipes anyway. Uh, he said that the advice he was given was to imagine that the chanter is really hot. Oh, and you can yes. hardly touch it. It's so warm, so you're just holding it just as gently as you can, so you don't burn yourself. I see. And it, it's a little tiny point that it's always stayed with me, and I'm still tense, you know, occasionally. But I always go back to what Andrew said. That's uh, really great I'm advice. My hands tensing up, I think, oh, just just relax. Yeah. Easy to say, just relax, and it's the easiest thing in the world, except when you're standing in Glasgow Green. <laughs> That's it, with someone with a clipboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to Peter and James, I have to say a huge thank you for taking time to chat with us here on the Big Rab Show uh, podcast. It's been a joy having you. And uh, hopefully, if we do have any further questions on you know the physical side, uh, you can certainly email those into us, and we'll forward them on. And hopefully, James and Peter will be able to help. So, thank you so much, guys, for joining us here in the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks for having us. There you are. What a fantastic conversation to have, honestly. And thank you so much to James and Peter for taking time to chat with me here on the Big Rab Show pod. And I do think it is a you know a real valuable conversation to have because as much as last week's pod was talking all about the mental side, there is definitely a physical element to what we do as well. Now, the reason we brought you these two specialist episodes is Well, for good reason. We've timed them deliberately smack bang in the middle of the season because we do know that people can be, at this point, beginning to flag. Yeah, we now have three major championships behind us and we've two to go. And uh, sometimes people don't make it all the way to the world championships. Sometimes, by this point, people will have hung up the sticks or threw the pipes in the box. Um, Yeah, let's forget about it. So, yeah, my advice would be is to persevere i suppose hopefully these last couple of episodes have given you a lot of tools and some pointers possibly to help with your own plan and if not your own then be able to recognize and ones around you who may well be having issues uh so yeah quite a valuable conversation there i feel and like i said there that if you do have any questions at all either of a mental capacity or a physical one then please do email them in to us bigrabshow at gmail.com is our email and we will definitely forward them on to these guys and they can respond indeed and provide you with some expert advice yeah Well, folks, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. I hope that you guys managed to enjoy these past couple of specialist episodes and I hope that you forgived our timing of them. Yes, we realise the European Championships has just finished and the All-Irelands are in front of us, but we did think that now was the perfect time to present these uh, around a time where people would normally be starting to flag, I suppose, in their performances. So... 
yeah, have faith. Spend a little time, you know, on investing it in yourself and your own physical well and mental well-being. And that'll pay dividends. I'm sure of it. So, with that all being said, don't forget you can always email us in, even if you just have a comment to say, Rab, these past couple of shows were rubbish. What are you talking about? They were the biggest load of rubbish. I'm never listening to your pod again. I can just see the Hitter Mail episode being produced right now. Our email address, <laughs> bigrabshow at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always check us out on our Patreon page, uh, where there's loads of extra content up there for you guys to enjoy. Just go over there, click on support, and, uh, yeah, you'll be part of the patreon faithful and they are awesome absolutely next week i have to say the big rab show podcast normal service will be resumed and i can hear a massive round of applause from the podcast audience yes normal service will be resumed of course and we will be wrapping up everything from the all ireland championships in new ross and of course we'll be bringing back all the usual features like Word of the Week, Weekly Drone, and Listener Mail, of course. That'll all be returning. So, fear not. Fear not. It's business as usual next week. <laughs> there you are. So, that's a couple of specialist episodes in the bag. And we hope that you've managed to enjoy them. And please do share them with your mates. You know, tell them about what our show's doing over here. And these couple of wee specialist episodes could maybe help some people out there who may well be struggling with these issues. So, yeah. You know, that's just a big rap show. We don't shy away from the big problems. And, uh, yeah, we kind of deliberately timed these right smack bang in the middle of the season on purpose. Hey, it's an experiment. You either loved it or you hated it. Either way, we want to know your opinions. Our email address is always bigrabshow at gmail.com. Or you can drop us a weekly drone. Do it completely anonymously and then no one can shout at you. <laughs> there you are. Alrighty, that's it. Another Big Rab Show podcast is done. Good luck to everyone heading to New Ross this weekend for the All-Irelands. And uh, yeah, we will all be watching with interest. I hope you all have a really good tune. And we will catch up with you again here on the Big Rab Show as we wrap everything up from New Ross. Until then, we'll see you all again next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Played by two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all the latest news and views from the piping world. And also check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be part of the Patreon faithful. So until next week, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.